Hello and welcome to Brain to Board. About two weeks ago, I decided to start designing a board game. About one week ago, I decided to start this podcast to document the thinking behind the game itself and the process of actually getting it out into the world. To make a good game, you need prototypes and a way to make them. I started with some basic designs printed on paper and pieces borrowed from another game. Eventually, I planned to print some prototypes from an on-demand board game printer such as the Game Crafter. But in between those two categories of prototypes, I found another intermediate method a digital prototype, using Tabletop Simulator. In today's episode, I'm going to follow up just a bit on last week's discussion of playtesting and design in my game, and then I'm going to explain how and why I built a functional prototype of my game in Tabletop Simulator. Before I get into the content of this episode, I just want to say that uh, hopefully there's not going to be too much background noise in this, but I am in my apartment uh, in Northridge now. I'm no longer at my family home in San Diego, so it's a bit noisier here in an apartment building. Hopefully there's not too much background noise, but people can be very loud despite the fact that it is 11 at night well into uh, the quiet time. So maybe I shouldn't even be talking this loud, but I'm pretty sure the walls are thick enough that no one's going to hear me recording this podcast. And also, quiet time does not seem to stop people from walking down the hallways, blasting music, and talking very loudly, getting into loud arguments. And yeah, there's not really anything I can do about that, so I apologize if that happens. Uh, Also, my downstairs neighbor was listening to the first 10 seconds of a song over and over again earlier today. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why. I think he might be some kind of music producer or something, and he was working on some kind of mix, but... I don't really know. It was a little bit weird. Uh, It wasn't too loud for me, but definitely picked up by the podcast, so I couldn't even do this earlier. Uh, But it's quiet-ish now, so here we go. So my game. The difficulty of it seems pretty good now. I've done some playtests since I last made that update. I added what I was calling the ritual to it, and that actually works really well. The ritual also gave me a way to make the difficulty scale in the game, so you can just add more of the ritual cards in if you want it to happen more often, which makes it much more difficult. So you can actually change the scale from having like almost no ritual to having a lot of ritual, and that really changes the... Uh, play style you need to win the game and makes it much more difficult so I really like that I like having an easy way to adjust the difficulty I also came up with an adjustment based on the number of players normally there's like I called them the job counters last episode and those count up and now I have a thing where you can cover up the first one of those uh, and you cover up one per player basically and that makes it just a little bit harder and I think it's enough to adjust for the number of players although I might have to make more tweaks to that because I really only tested it with two players Uh, that's just an idea Um, Other than that, the game is basically in its finished form, uh, other than, you know, responses from playtesting from other people and stuff, but I really like the way it works now for two players, and all I really need to do is add more characters and make sure it actually works with more people. Other than that, I think I've got all the difficulty adjusted just how I like it, and all the mechanics are there that I like, so yeah, it's really just need to design a few more characters and play it with more people. That's a topic for another time, though, because I didn't do any of that this week. What I did do this week was spend a long time, like a pretty good amount of time, making this game work in Tabletop Simulator. So, in case you don't know, Tabletop Simulator is, well, it's a game, I guess you could call it, but it's more of a game engine. Uh, You can buy it on Steam, I think it's about $20, and it's... All, all it is is just simulating sitting around a board playing a board game. You can basically play whatever you want if you want to build it into it. You can import all sorts of stuff. 
people have made a ton of different games available in, in what they call the workshop, and they have a lot of classic games like chess. You can buy some DLC for games like uh, Scythe and other popular board games these days. I'm not sure if you can play Gloomhaven in it, but I'd imagine there's a way to work that out. And it honestly, at first, it's a little bit difficult to use, like, you know, learn all the controls and stuff, but once you get used to it, it's really easy to play. Overall, it's a really nice experience, and it, I would say it even, like, mirrors the real world to some extent pretty well as far as things like this go. Much better than really any other board game video game thing I've seen. Uh, obviously there are board games that are designed to be played as video games and those are good. Things like Slate the Spire, uh, which was a card game, and Hearthstone. But Tabletop Simulator is the best way, I think, or one of the best ways to play a board game in a digital format. It's just, it almost gives you a tactile feel because it has such a realistic physics engine for picking up cards and picking up dice and rolling stuff and moving stuff around. It just feels like you're actually doing it, uh, even through the abstraction of using like an input device like a mouse or a trackpad or whatever. It still kind of feels like you get the feeling of the game and the tactile feel, which I think is very appealing and important for board games. So, yeah, this week I spent a ton of time making my game, or at least a version of my game, in Tabletop Simulator. So there's a lot that goes into that, and there's a little bit more I still need to do, but I have a functional working version right now. Um, before And before anyone asks me, it's not going to be available publicly or anything, because I use some copyrighted images and stuff in my, uh, you know, placeholder illustrations and stuff like that. So I'm not going to make any kind of version of this publicly available until I get all that stuff replaced. So the first thing I had to do was make all of the assets I needed in Photoshop. So that was designing all of the, because the game sort of consists of like eight little boards that are like tiles in real life. They'll be printed on cardboard and you can sort of tile them together to make the game. That was the only way to make it fit economically um, in terms of not spending a ton of money and having it all fit in a box. So that was the, the, the best solution it seems like. So it's going to have a whole bunch of little tiles. So I had to design all of those in Photoshop, not the finished version of them by any means, but just a functional version. Uh, and then I had to make all of the decks, so you have a bunch of different decks of cards, and uh, that was about it. Still a lot of work for me in Photoshop. I probably spent like between five and ten hours uh, doing that, maybe on the lower end, more towards five hours. It wasn't that bad once I got into the flow of it, but it was still a good amount of work. And then to import the board tiles into the game, that was pretty easy. You just like click on a custom tile and then import the image and it makes it for you and you can resize it or whatever. Importing the decks into the game was a little bit harder. You had to use their own tool. They call it the deck builder. So it's automatically downloaded with your copy of the game. You just go into that, add all your decks to it. Uh, and I made a few mistakes along the way because it's a little bit finicky to use. But once you get them into that, then you can import those into a deck of cards and you got everything ready to go. So I was able to set up the game, all of my components, some of the things I just use like stock components from Tabletop Simulator because they've got stuff like pawns and dice. And then once you've got all the boards in place, I locked those down so you can't move them accidentally because otherwise you'd be like picking them up all the time accidentally when you're trying to click on other stuff. And that could ruin everything. So you just got to lock everything down that you want to stay in place. And then uh, the game was basically playable, kind of if you didn't mind spending a really long time doing the initial setup, because the setup for this game is somewhat intricate, as I mentioned in the last episode. Uh, it's not hard to do, it's just Tabletop Simulator isn't really built for shuffling decks in this spe specific way. So it would either take you a really long time, and it would be hard to make sure you got everything correct if you wanted to just set up the decks manually, so I decided it would be easiest if I wrote a script for it. This is another nice thing about Tabletop Simulator, like really nice. 
you can write a script in Lua, the programming language, that modifies your game in a ton of different ways, and it's very open, very accessible. You can basically create an entire like video game inside of Tabletop Simulator. Now, for most board games, you're probably not going to need to do this, but I did because, again, of this interesting way of shuffling, and also because of another thing that I thought I needed to program in Lua um, and script into the game. Turns out I didn't, so I spent about four hours working on that that I did not need to do because I figured out later that there was already an inbuilt tool to do that. You see, I was like, when you move the card to here, it needs to rotate. So I was like, I was looking at all the things in the game. I was like, there's no easy way to make it rotate at this specific point. So I spent this whole time, I like set up a zone in the game, and then I wrote a script that changes the rotation of the card, but it was really finicky because detection of moving it into the zone was weird and I tend to like set up a timer that runs every second to check for it or something I did way too much didn't need to do any of that because as it turns out there's already a thing in the game called a snap rotation point where it makes the card snap to that point and rotates it literally exactly what I was trying to do and what I had just written like a 400 lines of code or something which I'm bad at coding so that took me like four hours um, even though I copy pasted a ton of stuff yeah so that was a waste of time, but uh, the rest of it, uh, the rest of setting it up and the scripting for the shuffling and stuff, that probably took maybe, I don't know, 10 hours total of work. It was basically a full day I spent doing it. Um, it could even be more than that because I kind of just got up at, I don't know, 10 or so, finished around 1 a.m. Uh, and yeah, I spent the whole day working on it with a couple of short breaks in between. And yeah, in the end, I had a more or less functional game. There were a few components I forgot. I didn't add some things to the game, like there was an entire deck I forgot about, but fortunately it was one of the simplest decks and you could easily substitute a normal deck of cards for it, so I substituted a normal deck of cards that was just already built into the game. I had to add a couple little boards that just kind of hacked them together. I definitely need to replace them with things I actually designed in Photoshop just to make them much more clear to use, but for me, playtesting right now, this works. I need to write rules for the game, just like in general, just that they're clear. I have a sort of loose rule set written that I know what everything means, but anyone reading it probably wouldn't be able to figure out how the game actually plays. Or maybe they would to some extent, but they definitely miss some stuff. So I want to write a clear version of the rules that I can just give to someone and have them figure out how to play it on their own. Uh, and then once I have that, I can add that into Tabletop Simulator. And also explanations about how to use like the buttons and stuff I added to set up the game. Ooh, and just a tip for if you are trying to set up a tabletop simulator game to playtest a game. I had some parts of the game, like with the characters specifically, like I was talking about earlier. They're not finalized, I might make changes to them, and they have certain powers that in the actual game I'm going to represent those as cards. They're cards that you have access to all of them at all times. You just kind of discard them as you use them. It's similar to Gloomhaven in a way. Uh, where as you use it, you lose it for the rest of the game. I mean, there's not really a way to get it back, like in Gloomhaven, so it's not like that in that respect, but it is like it in that you have access to a full hand of cards, and you can just play them down as you want to use them. But those cards weren't finalized, so I didn't want to go through all the time and effort to make the artwork for them and you know export them, put them in the decks in the game. It was just a lot of work that I didn't want to do for something that isn't finished. So I came up with another solution, which is... Tabletop Simulator has a bunch of like miscellaneous tools you can use. They've got counters, timers, things like that. And one of the really nice things is a tablet, they call it. So you're simulating a tabletop with a game on it, and then you can simulate a tablet, like an iPad kind of thing, in the game, which just connects to the internet. And with that, I was able to load a Google Doc, which had a list of all the powers, 
and then whenever I used it, I would just like put a marker over onto the tablet over the thing I've used. So that was the same as like discarding a card. So that was my way to temporarily add the powers into the game for the characters without actually having to go through all the effort of making the cards. I used a tablet, which connected to the internet within this game. It was just, it's amusing to me, very amusing that you can do that. <laughs> so overall, I'm very impressed with Tabletop Simulator and very happy that I was able to get my game functioning in it. Uh, and I actually highly suggest you try this out if you are making a game like I am. Or even if you're not, if you just want to try to play games, it seems like it would be a great option for playing like long-distance RPGs and other board games. Like, it's, it's honestly, it's fun to use and like, you can do all sorts of stuff in it, just like a real board game. It really does feel like sitting around a table, just that table is inside your computer. Hopefully there's not a literal table inside your computer, that would, that would be an issue, but a digital one, that works. And even though it took me a long time to put the game into it, most games probably aren't going to be like that, they're going to be much simpler, not having kind of complicated shuffling. If you do have complicated shuffling, well, you just got to script that in, but it's, it's a pretty simple programming language to learn, uh, at least with their... APIs. Uh, I don't know, even know what an API means. I just know I was using them somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know. I just followed the instructions on their website and I found like a guy's tutorial that he had written up on Steam and I was able to get through it and figure it out even though I'm not a programmer. So yeah, that's about all I did with regards to the game this week. Uh, I'm thinking of keeping this podcast pretty short, you know, right around this length of time. I don't really know. It's just going to go however long it is until I run out of stuff to talk about. But I have decided that I'm going to start releasing these things on a schedule every Friday morning, uh, morning for me at least, around 10 a.m. That's Pacific time in the U.S. I know that's not morning for everyone, but it is for me, and I like that time, so that's when I'm going to upload them. And doing it weekly, that's going to force me to actually work on the game weekly, at least. So trying to kind of force myself to keep this going and actually hopefully finish this project at some point with some kind of Kickstarter or publishing through someone else. or I don't, I don't know what the end goal is here, but this is going to at least keep me working towards it every week. So yeah, expect these episodes every Friday morning. The music I'm using is by Technoax. I didn't say that last week because I wasn't sure what music I was going to use, but I've decided on it. It's by Technoax. He produces this great royalty-free music on the internet. You can look him up. Uh, it's pretty great. This podcast does have an email address, so you can contact me if you have any feedback, follow-up, whatever you want to say to me. If you got got stuff to say, just send me an email at braintoboard at gmail.com just spelled out like the name of the podcast with no spaces of course because it's an email address so that is it for this week thank you for listening to brain to board and i will talk to you next week